Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. We are about to embark on the next Kevin Keegan Odyssey. It is part 12. And we join it just at the moment where Kev leaves Hamburg. His his German Odyssey has come to an end, Sam, after whatever it was, three seasons. And he says... the time arrived to say my goodbyes at Hamburg. The club presented me with a beautiful handcrafted mm. model ship as a leaving present, <laughs> <laughs> inscribed with the words "For Kevin Keegan <laughs> from Hamburg, a sport therein, 1977 to 1980." Yeah. And the captain, who we mentioned in a previous episode, Peter Nogley, yeah. he also got a ship as well because yeah. he was leaving for Edmonton Drillers in the North American Soccer League at the same time. I mean, if I was Kevin Keegan, I'd be a little bit like. Oh, great, a ship. Ship. Um, I'm a bit put out. I mean, I transformed the fortunes of this previously quite humble club and won European Player of the Year twice whilst here. We got the European Cup final. I mean, Bill Shankly gave me a sword. And he gave me a fucking ship, which, I mean, you know, not to put too fine a point in it, what what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? It feels a little bit like a loaded message, as in, fuck off now, Kevin. Ship out. Yeah. It's shit. I mean, these days, if you're a star player... Who is the current European Player of the Year? It's probably Modric, it's, I think. It's Modric, yeah. So, Modric leaves Real Madrid. Yep. They do a ceremony. Just imagine it, right? <laughs> and fucking Raymond Calderon, or whoever the fuck's the boss of Real Madrid <laughs> these days. John right? Real Madrid. Fucking Sir John Dissendat, <laughs> right? Comes in and fucking goes, Luca, <laughs> you've been here for over a decade. We have won five Countless European trophies. Cups. Countless La Liga titles. You personally have been, um, uh, you know, a great figurehead for this club and you have won the World Player of the Year while you're at it. Here is a fucking ship, a model. What? It'd be like a real one? Oh, no, no, it's fucking a model. model one. Oh, is it an exclusive? Is it a one off? No, we've got two mid. That other fellow over there is leaving yeah, as well, the, so he's getting one too. to this other cunt. Yeah. Fucking hell. Oh, cheers, I suppose. <laughs> Kevin and Peter are both leaving. We need to get gifts for them. Is there any vet that is doing the buy one, get one free currently? <laughs> down the market. How you say, bog off. <laughs> <laughs> that is my English humour coming through. <laughs> so, yeah, he got a, he got a ship. Uh, now, that's the end of the, the German Odyssey. He says, my two years in Hamburg left a lasting impression on me. I learned a language, made new friends, including uh, Peter Metalman. Don't forget. <laughs> and for, for a long time after moving back to England, I was getting more requests to do broadcast work mm-hmm. in Germany than my own country. Mm. A little dig at the UK broadcasting yeah. uh, outlets there. And I couldn't even speak German. They didn't <laughs> mind. <laughs> I just used to turn up. Nod me a little bit and do a thumbs up and they loved it. <laughs> I'd always uh, arrive on a bicycle into the studio. <laughs> I lost some sleep, mate, the other night because I remembered that one of my top three favourite bits in this whole book, mm. which I originally read quite a few months ago now, I panicked 
<laughs> that we had missed. I don't think we have. What is but it? But this is so... In, the Keegan Odyssey is so inside my brain now that I woke up in the night we're in. <laughs> I don't want to give too did, much away. Did you reach for the Terminator? You might... Yeah, I woke up. <laughs> I was blindfolded, obviously. I always am. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I woke up and I just grabbed the, um, the Terminator and I swung it and I knocked a lamp over, woke up everyone mm. and shouted the words and this will give you a clue as to what uh, the bit that I hope we haven't missed. I shouted, Larry McMenemy! Oh, we're getting that now. Fucking. <laughs> this is the that. best story in we're the getting, book. We're, no, we're almost at that. We're, right. we're a couple of bits away from that. <laughs> so, uh, so we'll get to it in about five episodes' time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we're still on course for 60 episodes of this, by the way. Lovely. Um, it says, I came my final month in Hamburg. My players, my players, my teammates didn't take it to heart when I had a bit of fun of their expense by writing Knast the German for slammer on the inside of my locker door <laughs> and drawing a picture of myself behind prison bars to show me waiting for my release. Mm. I wrote down all the numbers of the days I had left and every morning before training I ticked one off until finally I could write fry on my door, meaning I was free. That's nice, isn't it? That's a nice little passive-aggressive dig back at the players who, who snubbed rejected him, him and treated him like they shit They took it on good spirit. Also, I, drew a, I spray-painted a massive cock on the bonnet of all of their cars and <laughs> shat in the captain's locker. I also uh, smashed the ship over the head of the captain on my last day, shortly before I left. Uh, my three years in the Bundesliga were over. And he says, if you want evidence that Germans have a good sense of humour, something I can very much vouch for, against all the cliches, obviously, mm. they kept the locker door complete with my drawings and put it in the club museum. No. Very kindly in a section marked HSV Legenden. I think Legenden wow. must mean um, um, chippy wankers. Good player. <laughs> good player, but bit of a cunt. It's a yeah. German word. Yeah. We don't, a word like that doesn't really exist in yeah. our language. It's like Schadenfreude, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Decent fella, but bit of a prick. Yeah. Uh, and he says it's still there in the museum 40 years later. He must have gone on a drive across to Germany to have a look to check that <laughs> it was there in the same way he used to look at all the, all the stadiums that he used to play in. Yeah, yeah. He spends a lot of time. Branches. What I like about Kevin Keegan is he spent a huge amount of time researching himself. Hmm. for this book yeah he in many ways has done a deep dive into Kevin Keegan <laughs> yeah and he took his ghostwriter along with him yeah right Kevin Kev. Keegan yeah, yeah. Uh, so he says that the the thing is still there along with one of my doodles of Branko Zebec our formidable coach in typical pose whistle in mouth while his players are doing press ups dripping with sweat from one of his training sessions <laughs> again that's a bit of a fuck you to Zebec isn't yeah. it um I put some little lines around his mouth to represent alcohol fumes coming out of his stinking <laughs> mouth. Uh, onwards then. Yeah, Laurie McMenemy. Right, let's hear it. Uh, this was While he was still at Hamburg, yeah. he was tapped up by Laurie McMenemy mm. in a very bizarre way. Uh, he this says, is the most incredible tapping up technique fantastic. ever. Fantastic. By, Cl- by the man affectionately known by his former players as Big Mac and Cheese. Oh, is that what he's called? Big Mac and Cheese. Really? Mm. Uh Clough would have been proud of this. He said, McMenemy telephoned out of the blue and started with a long, convoluted story about wanting to buy a special light fitting Mm. for his house in Hampshire. Hello, is that Kevin? (laughs) Yeah. Is Laurie McMenemy here? Oh, hello, Laurie. Yeah, what? You mean the manager of Southampton Football Club? Yeah, that's me. Uh, Listen, I'm on the lookout for a particular sort of light fitting. (laughs) What? What What are you talking about, Laurie? I'm your man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you called. I used to have an office in a junk shop. I'll give the fella a ring. <laughs> it's a good job you called me. <laughs> so he says uh, he started with this 
convoluted story about wanting to buy a special light fitting, explaining it was produced at a factory in Hamburg and unavailable in England unless he forked out a fortune in shipping costs. Mm-hmm. How McMenemy had sourced this light fitting, I have no idea. Is that you speaking or Keegan? That's me speaking, yeah. yeah. Because Keegan writes this in a way that he doesn't really acknowledge how strange <laughs> no, it is. Just, uh, the Laura uh, uh, Menemy, who he doesn't appear to have had any previous relationship with, yep. has called up. <laughs> and actually, you know, we're recording this just a you know matter of a, a couple of weeks away from Brexit Day. And this paints a picture of what life may, may have been like before the European Union and all of its borderless trade deals um really clicked into gear. Yeah, this is you you're in you're a situation get. where a man not just a man, a man like Laurie McMenemy, a man of his means, hmm? a man of his wealth, a man of his sophistication, was well. still reduced to calling up Kevin Keegan, cold yeah. calling someone who works in his industry but who he didn't really know, and sort of begging him to get a light fitting, a particular light fitting, only available in Germany because the associated cost with shipping would be too much. That's the future we're looking at, right? And I'll tell you something else. <laughs> if that is the sort of thing that happened to Laura McMenemy and Kevin Keegan, yeah. imagine if you're just a normal person. I know. You or I, a normal cunt in the street. Additionally... And you need a light fit in post-Brexit. Additionally, do you remember how hard it used to be to phone a foreign country? Oh. When you were on holiday and you tried to phone home back in oh. the well, early 80s, tell me. you'd have to make an appointment. Mate, you don't to have do to tell it. me. You know, you know how homesick I used yeah, to get. Yeah, you used to ring your mum all the time. You when know you were how abroad, homesick I used yeah. to get for my mum, right? So you're actually, in a way, I feel like you've, you've done this on purpose <laughs> to upset me. Because you know, the Why would me- I do that? you know the memories of being in roads, and it's not the 80s, even into the early 90s. Mm. I mean, I was way too old, really, <clears throat> to be suffering from homesickness. Yeah, but, but I was. Mm. And I would be going to the hotel reception, and I'd be saying, I need to call home. You'd have and to I- make a 48-hour appointment in I'd advance. I'd make an appointment. I'd make, give them a, get, fuck, get a slot like, on like, the, loads the of cash. Network. I was yeah. wasting all my fucking yeah. spending money to call up my mum. It was and, pathetic. And this is what Laurie McMenemy's done. Mm. Uh... But then we get to it. He says, uh, he wanted to know if I could pick up the light on his behalf. And once I told him that shouldn't be a problem, fuck you, do you know what I mean? I'm Kevin Keegan. I'm European Footballer of the Year. Are Some you, blokes wait, ringing me up. I'm I've not, never yeah, met exactly. before. He wants a light fitting collected. Oh, yeah, I'll go across town and pick it up. Yeah, for I've got him, fucking loads over. of time on my hands. Yeah. I'm only busy fucking winning the Bundesliga, recording pop singles, and having my photo taken so they can make me into a fucking lollipop stick. <laughs> fucking or hell. Or being on Superstars. And you think I've got time to go across town to pick up your shitty light fitting? Jesus Christ. Fucking okay, hell. Get uh, a grip, McMenemy. That's not what Kevin said. He said, it was, uh, you know, I told him it shouldn't be a problem. It was inevitable we started talking about football. Laurie was fishing about my situation, and eventually he mentioned that if it was true, as he'd been led to believe, that I was planning to leave Hamburg at the end of the season, I could also always think of Southampton as an option. There it is. Fuck all to do with a light fitting, isn't it? Absolutely fuck all to do with a light fitting. Interesting way in, though. Just, you know, from a, sales, from a sales point of view. Yep. In any sales situation, you and out, you and I may need to sell something mm-hmm. anytime. Yep. When you approach a prospective client, come in at a, at a peculiar angle, confuse right. them, disorientate yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. We go to a brand sponsor of Top Light Time Machine, right? What would be our dream sponsor for this? Probably Crisps. Yeah, I reckon so, yeah. So we, Seabrooks. So we go to Seabrooks, right? If we just cold call Seabrooks and go, hello, 
<laughs> yeah, it's Sam Delaney and Andy Dawson off of Top Light Time Machine. Have you got a pen? <laughs> right, write this number down because this is what we want for, to, for you to sponsor our podcast. Yeah. And they're like, listen, this is no way to do business. Yeah, it's not going to work, is it? If we start ringing up their director of marketing at Seabrooks, we say, hello, mate. Are you still based in... Was it Brad- Yorkshire. Yorkshire, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it was Bradford. Is that Bradford? Might be, I'm not sure. And you go, yeah, you're still up in Bradford, are you? Yeah. There's a particular type of light fitting yeah, that is being after. manufactured. You've never heard of us, but yeah. we've got this light could, fitting could issue. You, we the, the shipping from Yorkshire <laughs> to where we're based in London and Sunderland is a complete nightmare. Yeah, we need two, one to each of our houses. Do us a favour, mate. And you go, oh, I am the director of marketing at Seabrooks. I haven't got time for this nonsense. Don't be a cunt. If fucking Kevin Keegan's got time, you've got time. What are you doing? Marketing fucking Look, crisp. We've got a podcast. We can spread it around that you're a bit of a dick because you wouldn't comply with our lighting fitting wishes. Snooty fucker. Yeah. All right, I'll ask the fucker at Walkers to do it. They probably sell these light fittings in Leicester as well. Yeah. And you that's missed. how you get in. Yeah, that's your way. That's 20 your foot, minutes later. That's your foot that, in the door. That's it. I mean, uh, McMenamiel has said to Kev, you can deliver this life fit in for me. And then when you drop it off, it's like, oh, well, maybe you should sign a two-year contract while you're here. Uh, oh, all right. Oh, sounds all right. I'm a bit, a bit of a loose end at the minute. Maybe yeah. I will. <laughs> Weather's nice here. Ah, the, the music executives from Yugoslavia have failed to come through <laughs> with any offers of football, pr- professional football opportunities out there in Yugoslavia, and so I, st- I might as well come here. And I still haven't been paid the head over heels, so I'm <laughs> short of a few quid. What can you offer me? So he says, once I started thinking about it properly, I surprised myself by how much I liked the idea. Mm. I had done the big club scene, he said. Oh. Um, and I had a vision of leading an unfashionable and heralded team to their first ever league title. He's not short of ego, is he? He's not short of ego at all. Kevin Keegan. No. You've got to love him, but, you know. Well, I suppose that's what you need. Sorry, that's my fucking phone keeps going off. It's very unprofessional. But what do you expect, eh? <laughs> exactly, yeah. You know, listen to bloody Radio 2, Steve Wright in the afternoon, if you want Does professionalism. Does this phone go off? No, because he's a pro. He probably leaves it in a box outside. Yeah. Jalapeño. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Jalapeño. Have you seen that, that those photos of Steve Wright getting out of his car? Yeah. Well, because he's got a very narrow garage he space. He bought a house, he's got a Land Rover and it's, yeah. it's, or a Range Rover and it's too wide for him to open the car doors. So, so he, he has to get out via the boot. Yeah, and he's a big lad nowadays, isn't he? He's a big he? lad, he's a big old unit of Steve Wright. Mm. But, um, yeah. Well, I, that's why I admire him because he knew what he was getting himself into but he didn't care and he knew at his age and with his dimensions... <laughs> It was going to be a challenge, but he, he didn't give a fuck. He might have seen it as an incentive to lose some wit. Maybe that's you know it. What I mean? What? Because he could, if he accidentally gets each day. I don't know how quickly he can put on weight, 
But if he's really fucking caning the donuts and all the rest of yeah. it, then each day he might be putting on, let's say, half a centimetre in girth. Yeah. And then one day it's going to go too far. Gone over the limit. And he's going to be trapped in his car yeah. until such a time that the weight falls off. And then it can get out. Then like can get five out. days or something. But he might have to wait five days of not eating at all. It'll be cr- it'll be uh, clambering around looking for little old polo mints or boiled sweets yeah. from like years ago that are stuck to the carpet in the footwells. And he'd be he'd be too fat to do any kind of exercises in that car because yeah. of the space so to shoot it, so in the car. So it's just it's just just starve it off. He'll starve it off. I mean, it, it surprisingly doesn't take that long to just starve off weight. So, I mean, I wouldn't recommend it. It's not it's not a healthy way to lose weight. But, because you should be eating a balanced diet. If you're listening, Steve, right, it's all about a balanced diet and moderate regular exercise. However, if you find yourself fat-trapped inside your car, you're just going to have to starve it off, mate, because if not, you'll be stuck there. And they'll get fucking Richard Maidley to cover you yeah. on the afternoon. And it's just not as good because he hasn't got all the funny voices and yeah. all that. Important advice there for Steve Wright. <laughs> yeah. if, or, if indeed he is listening. Or, if you're if controller of BBC Two, John Radio Two. John Radio Two. John yeah. Radio Two. Uh, the controller. I'm Sir John Radio Two. <laughs> I am the controller of the nation's favourite radio station, which was named after me in the year 1968. Right? If you're listening, me and Andy will cover for we Steve will. Wright if he becomes fat-trapped in his Range Rover any time. We're available at a moment's be a pleasure. notice. Yeah. If anything, it's the thing we're destined for, isn't it? It's the gig it's ra- that we're destined I've for. I've read already. people saying it. More and yeah. more people talking about this podcast. And I'm over people like, they are the heir apparent to Steve Wright in the afternoon on Radio 2. Definitely. Mm. Let's get back to Kevin Keegan. So that one were fourth in the league when he fixed up the meeting with Laurie to talk about everything properly, but he says they slipped back to eighth at the end of the season. So it was going to be a big ask Mm. to get them from eighth to win the league. He likes a challenge. um, He likes a challenge, he does. He does. Uh, He says, it was a smallish club, but there were hardly no hopers. Mick Shannon, one of my best mates in football, Mm. was there. Do you remember Mick Shannon's goal celebration? Uh, Windmill. The windmill of the Mm. arm? Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Should be more of that in football these days. Um... And they also had Dave Watson, Chris Nickel, Charlie George and Alan Ball. Charlie George? Charlie George was wow, there, yeah. I didn't they play for Southampton. And Alan Ball. This is 14 years after the after England won the World still Cup. Still going strong. Ball is still going, yeah. Mm. Similar to Kev. Lots of energy. Small, oh. squat. They would have been a challenging team a, to come up against. A, 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 human, with that, a human chord. A le- yeah. A le- a, that level of um, yeah. experience and energy yeah. in that Southampton team. And... Big Mac and Cheese pulling the strings with his life light fitting. Yeah. I mean, you know, Big interesting Mac and cheese times. Later went on to Sunderland and tried to replicate the same methodology by of getting bringing old, in players old people. And we got relegated to the third tier. <sighs> so if you're listening, Laurie McMenemy, fuck you. I interviewed Laurie McMenemy when I did my article about Graham Taylor for okay. 442 magazine. Was he nice? Well, he may be a nice guy in day-to-day <laughs> life, but, and he wasn't uh, he wasn't actively unpleasant to me personally. Yeah. But let's just say that Graham Taylor documentary is not one of his happiest memories. Oh, really? So just by asking him about it, he got grumpy again. Right. And the thing was, if you look at the footage, McMenemy... I mean, McMenemy was always quite funny because he was this sort of, like, looming, silent presence, always wearing a trench coat in the yeah. background. He didn't really say much. It was a constant, like, yeah, maybe. Almost as if he had nothing to contribute. You had... You just kept thinking, he must have nothing to contribute. This is an absolute <laughs> piss take. Because every time Graham asks, do, do you see what I mean? Yeah. Laurie, eh? 
Hey, Laurie, do you think that maybe we should be playing Des Walker <laughs> instead at the back, Laurie? And Laurie just go, I nod, not say anything, right? And I do, and I was watching it, re-watching it prior yeah. to my interview with Taylor and everyone. I'm thinking, weird, what was he fucking, like, what part was he playing? And then uh, I ask him about it and he's going, I didn't think it was a good idea from the start. And looking back, I still think it was a terrible That's idea. I said nothing. And didn't reflect it. What was the truth according to Graham Taylor and the makers of the documentary was that Graham Taylor had gone off and done this deal right. and was getting paid a decent wedge for it. All right. And then said, you can all come in and film it. And McMenemy wasn't, wasn't getting any dough. Right. And because there he wasn't is. getting any dough, he was like, if I'm the cameras nothing. are there, I'm saying nothing. Because every word that comes out of Big Mac and Cheese's mouth is pure gold. Carries wit. That's my IP. Yeah. That's my IP. It's my intellectual property. Why would I give it away for free to these fuckers? That's and what he was. That's what his attitude was. Cleverly mm. said things, but yeah. what he did was he just sycophantically repeated everything Graham yeah. Taylor said. So he looked like he was contributing, but in fact he wasn't. Listen, Phil Phil Neil didn't get paid, but when I interviewed Phil Neil, I said, you know, what do you think? First question is like, what are your memories of the doc of that documentary and, and the process making? And well, it's very simple. It ruined my entire career. <laughs> And it almost ruined my life, right? And I was like, wow, he's got straight to the, the nub of it there. When I spoke to Graham Taylor about it and said, you know, Graham, you know, some people were discount. Phil Neal in particular became a bit of a laughing stock. And he went, well, do you know, uh, they edited it in such a way that it did reflect badly on Phil. And I felt bad for him. Um, and I went to see him and he said, uh, and I said I was sorry, but he was very annoyed. So I went to the makers of the documentary and I explained <laughs> the position that Phil was in. And in the end, I said, there's only one way to fix this. I need to give him some money. So I convinced them and they gave me a thousand pounds. And I went round to Phil's house and gave it to him. True fucking story. And that made everything better. Graham Taylor got a thousand pounds of the production company who made that documentary and then drove it round to Phil Neal's house to say sorry. I still remember that uh, when Phil Neal got sacked from, I think it was Coventry, and we, we yeah. covered it on an earlier Top Flight Time Machine mm. when it used to be Top Flight Time Machine. Yeah. Um, and Phil Neal got sacked and he just he was handing out press releases to all the journalists in the car park before he got oh, yeah. his yeah. statement. Yeah. He, he printed them all off. He's his own press secretary. Yeah, he printed them all off and added them out in the car park just before he fucked off for the last time. Poor Phil Neal. And he Phil didn't Neil. even have photocopier, he just had that carbon paper. Yeah. <laughs> They're all handwritten. Yeah. Um, so Kev's about to sign for Southampton and he mm. flew in on a private jet. Of course. With Gunter Netzer. Oh. It doesn't explain why, because Gunter Netzer didn't sign for Southampton right. or any other English team. He had other business on the south yeah. coast of the UK. He was UK. delivering life fittings. Don't ask what. <laughs> it's not your business. That's for his book. <laughs> what are you doing over there on the south coast, Gunter Netzer, I said. <laughs> Fanny powder, he replied. <laughs> or something that sounded like Fanny powder. <laughs> the German word for it. <laughs> was it? Kunten sprinkled. <laughs> hey, if you're getting any cheap, drop some by my house, will you? I'm staying at the Royal Oak Hotel in Hampshire. I ain't got any cash on me, but I've got a lovely ship I can trade with you for it. Nine, Herr Keegan. This is all, how you say, sprecken for. <laughs> <laughs> my associates would not be happy. <laughs> this Gundren Sprinkle is sprecken for. Perhaps on my next trip. <laughs> oh, come on, you must just have a little bag you can slip my way. Nine. Just, just a taster. <laughs> Gateway. <laughs> Oh, um, he flew in with Gunter Netzer. Um, we were there to announce we'll be joining Southampton at the start of the following season. Liverpool knew what was going on because they had a first option clause that meant they could return to Anfield. 
my view being that if I wanted to play for Liverpool again, I would not have left in the first place. So Liverpool could have had him. technically had him. That would have been against his will. It would have been a kidnap situation. I think first refusal is they go, are you interested? They get to make the first mm. offer. Yeah. He doesn't have to say he's yes. Not, he's not legally but bound to be I there. I suspect from what he just said that Liverpool didn't want him back. He was a bit upset but, that they didn't want him Yeah, back. because you know, by this stage they had Dark Leash, who was younger than him, and <laughs> you know they were flying, they were winning everything. It would have been disruptive to have got Keegan back. Clearly they said no, and then he's put in, my view is, if I wanted to play for Liverpool again, why had I left in the first place? Which doesn't really make sense. And it's the eagle thing. It doesn't it? ring true. I mean, he left Newcastle, especially him, mm. he left Newcastle, and then about 10 years later went back. Yeah. So he's not averse to going back. So it makes no sense to go, well, I wouldn't have left in the first place. He was a little bit like Peter Odenwingi that time he went to QPR on yes, deadline sit, day. Sitting in he, the car park. He stood outside Anfield with a life fitting in his hand <laughs> and uh, they wouldn't let him in, so he drove down to Southampton with it instead and give it to Laurie Mack. Um, not a word leaked out otherwise, and it was only later that I found that Laurie had nearly blabbed the news over a couple of glasses of wine the night before, so this was top secret. Um, Laurie and his wife Anne had been hosting a dinner party, and one of his friends, the author Leslie Thomas, oh, had managed a to get party it out of him. with an author. Yeah, fucking hell. Like see, I told you, sophisticated. Okay, no. uh, Laurie, Leslie Thomas had managed to get it out of him that Southampton were about to announce a signing, but Laurie wouldn't say who it was. Hmm. Is it Kevin Keegan, Laurie? This isn't <laughs> it. It's Kevin Keegan. I'm not We're signing Kevin Keegan. I'm not saying. When are you announcing the Kevin Keegan signing? Let's just say it's a lad that helped me out with a light fitting problem I had <laughs> I knew earlier it. in the year. Keegan! <laughs> I knew it. Well, all of you, I've examined your light fittings and they are all from Germany. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Where would you get a replacement? Germany. <laughs> I can think of only one player who would fit the bill. <laughs> this is why I'm an author and you are a mere football manager. I have a curious mind. <laughs> and, um,. It says, maybe Laurie started to feel guilty because at the end of the night, he whispered the initials, KK, as they were oh, saying goodbye. <laughs> Pissed. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you, right? But I, before I leave, I'm going to just give you one clue. It's a really hard clue. It's a footballer <laughs> whose name begins with KK. Anyway, ta-da. Good luck, working. Good luck on picking that one. Let's see how clever you really are. Very cryptic. Mm-hmm. He says, Leslie looked at him knowingly. Don't worry, he said, I won't tell a soul. Then he drove away thinking the Norwich keep Kevin Keelan must be the mystery signing. <laughs> oh, God. Right, that's all we've got time for in this episode because you were late today, weren't you, Sam? I was. Apologies. So it's, it's slightly shorter because I've got a train to catch. Yeah. And uh, enough flim flam. We'll be back with another episode next week. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.